Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out about their upcoming DUX Expo at duckexpo.com. That's duckexpo.com. And by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources Hunter Education Program, dnr.wi.gov. I'm Dan Small. Today, Sid Dobrin, host of the Fishing Professor Rodcast, talks about his first ice fishing experience up on Lake of the Woods. And we'll get a preview of next weekend's Wisconsin Muskie Expo with Expo producer Mike Veseret. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors. You hear this feature each and every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 AM and anytime at all on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is McFarland guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network, and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. Sorry we haven't been able to get together the last couple of weeks. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in too many places where I didn't get a signal, and I've been doing a lot of fishing. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's why we try to talk to you every once in a while. Well, fortunately, I have a number of guys, and there are probably more guys in the area I could talk to, but I can rely on you and Duffy Kupf and Jim Kasuda and Pat Hasberg for good reports, and so I try to rotate um, among the four of you there. What have you been doing? What's been good? Well, I've been fishing a lot of the outlying lakes. I haven't been fishing the Madison chain as much in the last couple of weeks. It's because the bites slowed down pretty good. been catching on Wabisa itself, though. Uh, at night, in the evenings, it seems like uh, I've been picking up quite a few walleyes, but no real big ones. Uh, enough to action in the evening for a couple hours to, to keep you busy. You know, you get out there off that Bible camp slide and, or Rockford Heights. You know, those two spots have been good. Uh, but from what I understand, all the way around the lake, they've been picking up some. There again, the bite's slow. You're not out there just catching limits of them. And the perch bite's been slow. You catch a few, you know, here and there. Same with the bluegills and the crappies. But I found, for instance, Yellowstone Lake, they're smaller fish. I haven't run into a lot of big fish, but Yellowstone Lake has been pretty good. You know, you got to jump around and kind of stay on them a little bit, but that's been pretty good. But the fish have been running smaller than what we would like, you know, like the those eight, nine inches, you know, that you catch. Uh, you'd like to catch more of those where now you down there you're catching more of the oh six seven inchers uh you get some eight inchers mixed in with them you know but you're not catching any big jumbles or anything how about crappies yeah the crappies have been pretty good too but they're they've been running a little bit small as well anything seven to nine inches i would say would be an average which is you know a nine inch i'd rather eat those small ones rather than you know take those big ones i usually throw the big ones back anyway but Mm -hmm. um but uh, that's uh, nine inches. I have to say, being a top end that I've been that I've been getting anyway. But it's been a pretty good bite down there. It's not bad. It's you got to jump around a lot, but uh, that's part of it anymore. It seems like yeah. fishing. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned night fishing, and, you know, there's been a recent conversation between uh, some people who are looking at the history of ice fishing in Wisconsin, particularly uh, Patrick Durkin in Outdoor News and uh, on his blog and some other folks, and we're trying to remember when it was not legal to ice fish at night. Do you remember that far back? I mean, we're talking like 50 years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's been longer than that, I believe. Really? Um, yeah, <laughs> aging myself now, but yeah, 50 years ago, we used to, uh, 
Scott Hill and I used to catch a lot of them at night on the Wisconsin River. Uh huh. You know, catch a lot of those big fish when him and I were fishing together a lot up there at the like around the Dells in that area in the spring. He had five fish weighed fifty eight pounds or something like that. Caught them all in one night down there, like say below the Dells, waiting at night though. And we used to fish that together quite a bit and get some really nice fish. But that's been that was back in the late seventies into the eighties, you know, somewhere in there. I know you could do it then. Yeah, I fished with uh, Scott, gosh, a couple miles below River's Edge one April. Yeah, it wasn't quite that many years ago, but it was daytime fishing, and we caught some big walleyes and one monster sauger that after we put it back, we kind of looked at each other and said, I wonder what the state record was. I, we might have released a state record sauger that day. I, you know, I had Lake Wisconsin. There was a couple years there, and this is there again. It's been a while ago now, but... I had clients, and we caught four one days that were over 23 inches long. Mm. The biggest one I had was 25, and of course, that was when you could only keep one over 28, so you had to let them go 20 to 28, so this was the first part of that slot limit, so you had to let them go, and uh, we took pictures of them, uh, never thought about weighing one and then letting it go, or you'd hope it. And I was thinking probably that early spring, we caught, I, pro- I think I had probably two in the boat that were Probably state records. Wow. Wow. Saugers. Saugers, you're talking. Saugers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now, since then, you know, we had about two or three good years there where we were catching those great big saugers. All of a sudden, they just kind of like, eh, you might get one once in a while. It's 20, 22 inches, but not many anymore. Uh huh. I wonder if they just went home with people thinking they were walleyes or didn't give it a second thought or what? Well, they couldn't keep them between 20 and 28 inches. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But I do know I saw a lot of people and a couple of the guys that lived on the lake. They kept fish anyway. They didn't care what size they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> always... I, watched their, I watched them take off of their boat and go back to their pier. <laughs> oh, boy. There's always some of that going on, unfortunately. Uh, there's a lot more than we realize, I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fishing on the Madison chain, the perch, they're getting a few perch up on Mendota right now. From what I understand, you have to really chase them around a lot. Yeah. And uh, But I don't think they're catching limits. You know, one guy might be. Lake Wisconsin's been good. That's been good to me this uh, this winter. Uh, you know, the Sunset Bay area, the Moon Valley area. There again, you got to get out and move around a little bit. But I've had some beautiful crappies and some beautiful big bluegills up there this winter. Uh-huh. Do you think this warmer weather that we've had now the last couple of days is going to make much difference? I think that once we start getting a little bit of runoff, into the, it, it always it seems like whether it's in March or February or whatever, if we get this runoff into the lakes, um, I think it'll pick it up. I really do, uh, especially the bluegill bite and the pike bite. They're going to get they're going to get active. We're catching some small ones now. I haven't caught any really good ones yet this year on tip ups. But you get that water fluctuation, you know, and, and new water running into the lakes, and a lot of times that triggers these fish. Uh-huh. They're thinking spring, you know. They're thinking that March bite. I think it just uh, it makes them get more active. It yeah, really does. yeah. Hey, uh, trout season's been open since early January. Have you been out? I was out one time, right after it opened up, we had that warm spell. Yep. You know, and I fished that uh, Sugar River up from uh, Verona up past Epic, if people know where that's at. It runs up through there, and it's, it is public fishing along the bank. you got to stay along the river. Um, it doesn't look like typical trout water, but there are trout in there, and there's some nice ones in there. I had one probably 18, 19 inches, and I had another one that was probably, I'd say, between 12 and 14 inches. Just took quick pictures of them, got them back in the water. I was actually uh, 
fly fishing with a black woolly booger, and uh, they seem to like that pretty well this time of year. Yeah. They do pretty well with it. Anything uh, slow and deep and uh, fuzzy like that, uh, what little trout fishing I've done, I haven't done any this year yet, but early in the season I've used a woolly worm or a woolly bugger or that kind of a, a fly, and I've caught fish. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh, they seem to, you know, there's a leech, actually a leech migration in, in some of our streams, and that's usually in, earlier in the spring, and I think that might be something that uh, that they're feeding on, you know, is a, like, a, like a small leech or uh, a leech pattern of any kind like that. Yep, I think so. Well, um, before we let you go, you got any appearances? Are you going to be at the Wisconsin Fishing Expo, for instance? I will be at the Expo, but I won't be speaking there. I might be there for Shimano. I'm not sure yet. I got I have to talk to them. The only other company right now that I might be there for, I might be at, in Wilderness Fishing Games booth possibly for Shimano. I haven't heard yet for sure, but I'll be there. I'll be there talking to people and uh-huh. uh, with a couple of the boat companies like Quams and a couple of those guys. Yep. All right. Well, Ron, we're going to let you go, but thanks so much for that report, and I'm glad we caught you the one time you're uh, off the ice this week, and uh, good luck, and we'll catch up with you again before the ice is all gone. That sounds good, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Ron Bearfield with the Madison Report. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Winter blues bugging you? Got big muskies on your mind? We can help with that. Come to the Milwaukee Muskie Expo, February 17, 18, and 19 at Washington County Fair Park in West Bend. Talk with lure manufacturers, retailers, clubs, guides, outfitters, and lodges. Catch seminars by the country's top muskie pros. Check out the latest muskie tackle, baits, resorts, boats, and lots more. Milwaukee Muskie Expo, a family event you don't want to miss. MilwaukeeMuskieExpo.com If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every single month for hundreds of satisfied clients. So call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. And the firm of Hupie and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in Milwaukee and southeast Wisconsin. And Michael Hupie is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers. This time around, he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, uh, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, welcome back, and I uh, bet you've been out ice fishing. Yeah, you know, Dan, i got to take advantage of some of these nice warm days. Uh, we've really only suffered through maybe three weeks of cold weather, and none of that was all together. It was, uh, you know, we had... 
the cold during uh, gun deer season. We had a cold snap in uh, December, and we had one here at the end of January into February. And that might be it for the year. Ice is a weird thing right now in the state of Wisconsin. There are places you cannot drive a truck on yet. Uh, there are places where at least I wouldn't recommend you do so. Um, and, and, and there is just not the normal amount of ice and snow that I suppose we're used to seeing in most places. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I kind of thought we were looking for, uh, kind of a nasty winter, really, yeah, with the, uh, yeah. the cold snap in December and we got a bunch of snow and I thought, boy, if this is how it's going to go, this is going to get rough on animals and, you know, getting around in places. And boy, I, I, it, it really hasn't been bad at all. No, um, it certainly hasn't. You know, I, you know, the coldest weather, of course, when was a couple of weeks ago when I was up in Lake of the Woods or on Lake of the Woods up in northern Minnesota where it hit 27, 28 below. And we'll talk about that with one of the guests this week. And uh, but we were comfortable because we were dressed for it and we hopped out of the warm car and into the warm shelter. So it wasn't bad sure. at all. And uh, and it was like some of the weather we've had recently, sunny and calm and just nice to be out if you were if your extremities and your nose were covered, you know. So yeah, with absolutely. this warmer weather, have you been getting into fish or are you just Yeah, you know, again, it's just such a weird time. This this should really be some kind of doldrum times. We shouldn't yep. be looking at this as a late ice time where we've got a lot of, you know, fresh, warmer water, sun sun-baked water in a sense running into the holes but that's really what we're seeing in a lot of places where we we've had sunshine we've had the warmer weather we've got some runoff already happening i mean the 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 guys in my area that fish the wisconsin river uh they're starting to prepare boats dan i mean they're they're anticipating <laughs> being able to get out here uh before the end of the month of february in, into the boats onto the river in nakusa so um it's it's just kind of very odd, but we we are finding some fish. We're chasing them around a little bit, much like I saw a few weeks ago when I talked about how I think the thickness of the ice and depth of snow is affecting how these fish are reacting to people on the water. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw it again chasing fish this time in a basin um, of about 26 feet. These fish were suspended about halfway down. And uh, you could just see when you would drill, when you would walk, uh, certainly when you would catch a fish, they were just super spooky and, and you just couldn't stay on them. And that's really been the theme this year uh, with a lot of guys that I've spoken to is that uh, very spooky fish, hard to stay on them. Just a strange year. When you look back in the notebooks, I, I'm thinking it'll be more of an anomaly than than a norm. But, um, you know, we're still catching them on what we typically catch them on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teardrop jig type of guy, maybe an ant style jig. It's still kind of a teardrop esque, um, jig with, uh, with plastics. I don't use much for live bait. Um, in fact, uh, I've got a tournament coming up next weekend. It'll be the first time I've bought live bait in a few years wow. because, uh, <laughs> I'll never go to a tournament without live bait because I don't want to be beat by the guy that has it and I don't have it. Right. But, uh, but chances are I may not even use it. Uh, but, but I'll have some sort of, you know, wax or, or, or spikes or something like that. 
Yeah. But I'm yeah. a plastics guy. I like using that type of stuff. That's what we've been utilizing and still catching fish. Uh, caught a real nice, uh, just shy of 13 inch crappie the other day, a couple nine inch bluegills. Really, uh, beautiful fish. Nice, uh, nice looking fish. Great to take pictures. Great to release. But, um, uh, but it's just, it's been an off year. I, I would say this will probably be the fewer, uh, fewest amount of times I have gotten out ice fishing in many years. Part of that due to ice conditions and, uh, probably some of the worst catching I've done in a while. Wow. Um, just, I think based on some of where we can go, what we can do, how we get there. I mean, there are some places that I wouldn't even bother taking a, taking a, a Polaris Ranger where, yeah. you know, you're already starting to get shorelines weak and, uh, and I don't want to put something into the water. So it's, no, it's just, no. it's a weird season. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I know they're catching them on the Mississippi, at least where they can get out. Uh, friends of mine, Trapper in particular, uh, caught some bluegill. I guess it was a mixed bag, bluegills and one or two crappies and perch, and not bad-looking fish for half a mm-hmm. day of fishing. And I haven't had a chance to get over there. I'm still you know, catching up after being up at Lake of the Woods, but I hope to get out both uh, rabbit hunting and doing a little ice fishing here before the end of this month and before the sports show season starts i'll be at the milwaukee show of course the second weekend in march and that's the main one i'll be doing this year probably the only one but i'll have updates on that as we get closer well your tournament now that's in minnesota tell us about it yeah so that'll be on french lake in rice county minnesota just south of the cities a little closer to Fairbotton and uh rochester and uh, <clears throat> it's the ultimate panfish league tournament so it's a team tournament. Todd Forsier and I are headed over there to, to fish in that. It's a seven and seven event. So 14 fish total. Um, it'll be seven crappies, seven bluegills. It looks like the lake will be kind of challenging in the sense of using the forward facing sonar to find some basin crappies because there are just a ton of schooling sheephead in that lake. Oh boy. And so they tend to have a very similar signal on the forward facing sonar. When you see them, you'll go, Oh, those got to be crappies until you realize they really don't care about your presentation. Oftentimes it's harder to get a sheep's head to eat in the wintertime. Hmm. Um, they really just, uh, their metabolism really, really drops, but, um, but they're going to look like it and you may chase them around for a while before you realize that's what they are. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. There, there is enough sheephead in that lake that they want to do a little side pot, a little side bet on who catches the largest one. The biggest one I've seen come through an ice hole here so far was, uh, uh, just about 18, 19 inches, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, caught on light tackle. So that would be fun to catch, but, uh, during tournament day, that's not one I want to see come through the hole. No, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a good-sized fish. And, you know, they're not bad eating. A lot of people diss them pretty badly, but keep them on ice. And, of course, in the winter, that's easy to do. I've I've eaten them. You fillet them, get the skin off, and take that so-called mud line out, the red or, you know, reddish-brown meat. And, mm-hmm. you know, you batter them up and throw them in with walleyes and perch, and some people can't tell the difference. Yeah, hard to tell the difference, especially, uh, you know, depending on the water that you're, that mm-hmm. you're catching them on. We took some home, uh, many years ago from, uh, Iowa and, mm-hmm. uh, fried them up along with the, the white bass and perch and everything. And you, you couldn't tell what was what by the end of it. Yeah, cool. Well, sturgeon spearing season starts this weekend today for most listeners, uh, Saturday. 
And this is also, I think, Fond du Lac's Sturgeon Fest weekend as well. So folks are going to be having fun out there on Winnebago, I'm sure. And the Huntworth Gear Winter Sale still going on now through Super Bowl Sunday through the 12th. So visit HuntworthGear.com and you can save up to 50% off on certain products. That's HuntworthGear.com. Well, Dave Roll and I finished our work on the 45th anniversary video for the Wisconsin chapter of the National Wild Turkey Federation. We presented it, or I did, at the convention last weekend at Three Bears Resort in Warrens, and folks there loved it. We will, we've given it to them. They will be posting it up on the website, I think, fairly soon for anyone interested in that. Uh, We'll let you know when we know it's posted. And we have a giveaway this week. A pair of tickets to next weekend's Milwaukee Muskie Expo at Washington County Fair Park. And by the way, kids 16 and under, not 12 and under, 16 and under, get in free. So bring the whole family, whether you win tickets or not, and you'll have some fun at that show. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number. And if you're a winner, we'll let you know early in the week so you can plan your weekend. Well, coming up, speaking of the Muskie Expo, producer Mike Vezeret gives us a preview of what to expect at the Expo going on next weekend. And Sid Dobrin, host of the Fishing Professor Rodcast, talks about his first time ice fishing up on Lake of the Woods. The guy's from Florida. He had a ball. You'll hear all about it. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Winter blues bugging you? Got big muskies on your mind? We can help with that. Come to the Milwaukee Muskie Expo, February 17, 18, and 19 at Washington County Fair Park in West Bend. Talk with lure manufacturers, retailers, clubs, guides, outfitters, and lodges. Catch seminars by the country's top muskie pros. Check out the latest muskie tackle, baits, resorts, boats, and lots more. Milwaukee Muskie Expo, a family event you don't want to miss. MilwaukeeMuskieExpo.com Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. 
The Milwaukee Muskie Expo is set for next weekend, February 17 through 19, at Washington County Fair Park in West Bend. You can learn more online at muskieexpo.com. And joining me now is Muskie Expo producer Mike Vezeret. Mike, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Another day closer to spring. Yes, it is, and that means closer to the expo. And I ask you this question each year, a week or so out. Are you ready? I'm totally ready. All the plans are made. The vendors are coming in. Some great lineup there. We've got speaker lineups. All that's done great. We've got some great food coming in. Schweiz Catering is coming back this year. So there will be some great food being served. Before we get into details, how was the Chicago Expo? You do two in uh, about a month's time, which is really quite a feat to take on, but I understand you had a good show down in Chicago. We had a great show down in Chicago. We had excellent turnout. It was excellent weather, hoping for the same thing this next coming week. Vendors were extremely excited. They brought their best A game. They really brought some great, exciting products. Vendors that had all this new stuff still have new stuff coming out, and they're still coming into it with it for Milwaukee. But also that was so exciting was just seeing the crowds coming back. The COVID stuff is basically over, whether you like it or not. I only saw one person there with a mask. Uh-huh. And it wasn't that we gave that person a hard time. The guy was elderly, and quite frankly, probably COVID or non-COVID would have been wearing the mask. So a lot of things that were really exciting. Great, healthy event. Everybody's happy, and everybody left very happy. A lot of new lures and a lot of new stuff going out the door, too. Well, good. Now, you mentioned new lures, new products. What are people going to see that they haven't seen before when they come to the Milwaukee Expo? going to see? You have to remember, part of this is not just catching fish, it's about catching fishermen. So this new shiniest lure is uh-huh. sometimes they're designed to catch the new fishermen. So yeah. be wary of that. <laughs> okay. And you've got store prizes, I understand. You're going to do quite a bit there. Yeah, actually we've got two huge drawings going on, actually three. We've got a nice rod reel combo, a dial and brand new post-series reel with a KS2020 rod. That's one of the big drawings. One of the other big drawings is, is a week's trip down at Cave Run. Yeah. Um, that's an awesome trip. Uh, one day guided, and then the rest, obviously, you're on your own. And then, obviously, if you have caught a fish and you want to sign up for it, Lax does an awesome reproduction. That's got to be at least a $600 value in terms of what they offer at the show. So those are all things that you can sign up for. We're obviously giving away door prizes to at least a couple thousand people that will come through. We'll grab those. And then also we do have for the kids some junior pro staff shirts, limited quantities, but some kids really, really, really are happy to see something that they get at the show versus just dad or mom. Yeah, yeah. well, that's cool that kids um, get a chance to get a, a shirt as well. You've got seminars now, and you always bring in some good speakers. Who's talking this year at the Milwaukee Show? Well, the really kind of unique thing that happened at Chicago, and this guy's been in our industry for a number of years, but he's been a very quiet man that really hasn't given up a lot in terms of what he knows, and that's Mike Calderazzo. He's a world record holder uh-huh. for Pike. Uh-huh. Now, I know it's not a muskie. He is a world record holder for a 50-plus huge monster pike, and he's got a great story to tell. He's an awesome fisherman, muskie or otherwise. That in itself is great. That's on Saturday midday. We've got Steve Herbeck coming back, perennial jack-of-all-trades for as far as fishing goes, whether you're in the United States or Canada. 
Greg Thomas, Kevin Pischke right out of the Green Bay area. If you ever want to get on a bigger fish, that's kind of the United States water that possibly is going to be, you know, I think in contention for a world record at some point in time. I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. And you got Dan Donovan going to talk, I'm assuming he's going to talk about fly fishing because that's what he does. Yeah, Dan, I'm really, I'm really ex- actually very excited. The the whole aspect of catching a muskie just in general is hard enough with the gear that you have, but just magnify it with this, <laughs> putting it on a fly rod. But as you can attest, Dan, that's not necessarily something that's easy. Actually, I you know, on the right water, I will pit a good fly fisherman against a gear fisherman. I think we will catch as many or more because we can put the fly uh, against structure, give it two strips, pick it up, throw it back. You don't have to crank it all the way back to the boat. So you don't have follows. You don't have the figure eight at the boat, although you can. But fighting them on a fly rod is another matter. You just got to know what you're doing. It's It's a lot of fun for sure. That's the exciting thing that Dan Donovan and the Muskie Fool group will be coming and bringing to the show. They've got a great booth, and I'm sure they're going to be excited to talk to you about, you know, either entering their sport or if you're in the sport, whether you're a regular fly fisherman, maybe you might want to think about maybe stepping up your game and yeah, try it for Muskie. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, what else you got going on there? I understand there's some specials. On, uh, Super Ticket Saturday is one of them. Well, that's not Super Sick Ticket Saturday. It's Super Ticket Sunday. I'm sorry. So, yeah. That's okay. It's okay. The Super Ticket is available for Sunday only. It's basically a get-in free card. So you pay $50, and you are given five $10 gift certificates to spend at either Muskie Innovations, Chaos Tackle, Muskie Mayhem, Spanky Baits, or Beaver Baits. So those $10 gift certificates are on this ticket, and then you get in basically for free. What are the show hours for folks who are thinking of, um, you know, which day they're going to come? Okay, well, we start out on Friday. We start out at 2 p.m., and we go until 8 p.m. Friday's got a great lineup there. And I'd add also, we'll have the fish fry Friday evening. Schweiz fish fries, world-renowned. Saturday, we start at 9 a.m. We're one of the earliest shows to open up in the industry, but I've always said, if you're a fisherman, you're up early anyway, so let's get this let's get this show going. We close it out at five o'clock because most people by five o'clock they're already done. So we go nine to five on Saturday. And we start up again on Sunday morning, same thing, nine AM. And the show is wound up and done at two PM on Sunday. All right. Well, and people can buy tickets ahead of time or they can buy them right there at the door, right? Yes, actually now, right now, if you do buy them online, this weekend, they're still on sale. Day of show, they're not on sale, but you can still buy them online, and they'll be available at will call. Um, We take cash, we take credit card. In fact, if you give us a credit card at the show, we'll even give it back. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, I hope you have a great show. I know a lot of folks are talking muskies and thinking about open water fishing, and spring is not that far off when we have warmer weather this time of the year. So I hope you have a great show, and thanks so much for talking with us. Oh, thank you, Dan. You have a great day. All right. Mike Vezeret, producer of the Milwaukee Muskie Expo. Next weekend, folks, it's coming to Washington County Fair Park in West Bend. That's February 17th through 19th. Details on everything we talked about and more online at muskieexpo.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online 
at dancemalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Last week, my son John and I talked about our recent ice fishing trip to Riverbend Resort up there on Lake of the Woods in far northern Minnesota. Well, joining me now is another outdoor communicator who was on that same trip. His name is Sid Dobrin. He's a professor and chairman of the English department at the University of Florida in Gainesville. He's also a researcher, a very prolific writer, the author of 20 books on writing, ecology, and technology, and a couple on fishing as well. He's a dive instructor, rescue diver, guide, and rumor has it he's even growing gills. He kind of lives and breathes fishing. His writing has appeared in many fishing publications, and he has a podcast that he co-hosts. It's called The Fishing Professor Rodcast. Get that? Not podcast, but Rodcast. You can find it on YouTube and links to everything he does on his website, which is inventivefishing.com. Well, my goodness, joining us now from Florida, Sid Dobrin. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Great intro. I appreciate all the kind words. <laughs> well, I got a lot of it from your site and also from sitting in a heated shack on frozen Lake of the Woods for uh, about eight hours with you. Gosh, you've been fishing a long time. How did you get started? Oh, I think my story is the same as most anglers. It, it was a family thing. Uh, my grandfather was a fanatic fisherman, rod builder, boat builder here in Florida. And of course, my dad picked that up and then taught it to me and my brothers when we were kids. And so it's just been part of the family life uh, as far back as I can remember. Uh-huh. And you specialize in saltwater fishing, but you told me before we started recording that I know you fished all over North America, but you are expanding more into all fishing, freshwater as well, right? Absolutely. My brothers and I and my family, we're beach people. We grew up on beaches, uh, and with my grandfather being a boat builder, the ocean was always there for us. But, um, you know, bass lakes in the south were certainly always part of things. And in my own travels, particularly in places like Alaska and farther out west, I picked up trout fishing and fly fishing and have been trying to expand just my knowledge base of all things fishing, particularly recreational fishing in North America. Absolutely. Uh huh. And you also serve on the American Sport Fishing Association's Advocacy Committee, I understand. What's that all about? About a decade ago, I started making advocacy videos as part of what I do with Inventive Fishing, and they caught the attention of the American Sport Fishing Association. And so I started to get involved with that association as the primary trade association for recreational fishing. And through that organization, I became more active in looking at angler rights and fisheries issues across the country, and they asked me to serve on their advocacy committee. Now, this past year, they've reorganized their committees, and I now serve on their media committee, but I find American Sport Fishing Association's work to really be out there protecting the rights of anglers and lobbying at national and local levels about what we do as recreational anglers. And speaking of recreational or sport fishing, your most, I think it's your most recent book, Fishing Gone. 
saving the ocean through sport fishing. I guess I can guess the thesis from the title, but what's that book all about in a nutshell? Sure. In a nutshell, I wrote the book at the same time we were trying to get the Modernizing Recreational Fishing Act passed in Congress. And so I wanted to really look at how the industry of recreational fishing contributes to ocean conservation and fisheries management. And so there's a lot of fishing stories in it because everybody wants a good fishing story. But it's really about how we as recreational anglers not only have the ethical mandate to protect our oceans, but to really look at how we think about and how we actually do conservation work as recreational anglers. You know, the Dingle Johnson Act back in the 1950s, which is the fishing version of the Pittman-Robertson Act, which most of our listeners are familiar with, hunters pay for conservation through the excise tax. Anglers do the same thing uh, to a certain extent through the excise tax created by that Dingle Johnson Act. Is there more that anglers ought to be doing besides paying that tax that we don't even, we're not even aware of when we buy equipment? Well, certainly. I mean, the excise tax is a very important part of overall outdoor recreational conservation efforts. But individual anglers also have the opportunities to really rethink how they are engaging the activity, you know, what they are doing while on the water, while fishing, everything from catch and release ethics to disposal of old equipment ethics. And of course, the big thing is, and I push this not only with anglers, but non-anglers as well, is the purchase of your fishing license because license expenditures go directly to conservation agencies inside of your state where you're buying the license. And they also then inform federal opportunities for money to come back to those states. So I personally think that every kid who turns 16 when they get their driver's license ought to also buy a fishing license, whether they're going to fish or not, because that directly impacts state and federal funding for conservation efforts in your home state. That's a great idea. Now, you are one of the most active guys I know in the field. Uh, I don't know how you find time to teach graduate courses in writing and technology, chair a large department at a major university, write 20 books, deliver papers all over the world, and still have time to go fishing. How do you fit it all in? Well, I guess I don't sleep much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the truth of it is, is that I like to combine all of those things. So when I first got out of graduate school, I kept my fishing and my academic work separate. And it really dawned on me that the kinds of things that I was doing in environmental humanities and in writing instruction really tied into the opportunities in the recreational fishing world. So I literally approached an editor of a fishing magazine and said, I am a writing teacher and a fisherman. How do I become a fishing writer? And at that point, it was just combine this stuff and do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's what a lot of us do. I mean, as you know, I, I have a teaching background myself, and but I gave that up a number of years ago, and I've just been doing writing and, and uh, TV and most recently radio now for 18 years, radio and podcast. Speaking of podcasts, you have one you call the Rodcast, which is a real clever play on words there. You do gear reviews and other things. I've I've watched a couple of them but haven't had a chance to uh, delve too deeply what do you do in your Rodcast, The Fishing Professor? The Rodcast uh, always starts off 
with an interview with a, either a fisherman or somebody inside the industry, whether it's a captain or a guide or somebody who works for, say, a rod company, and we talk fishing. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my favorite parts is following the interview, uh, much like the interview you and I are doing right now, I have a bourbon break where uh-huh. I review bourbons or associated whiskeys specifically for anglers. That's always fun. And then I do a top 10 countdown of different parts of equipment. So for instance, I might count down my top 10 bluefish lures, or I might count down my top 10 surf casting rods. And mostly I'm just joking around and having fun, but it gives good insight into some product. like to talk about um, anglers' love of bourbon, which I happen to be a big fan of bourbon. And then, of course, the conversations are generally much more, let's talk about very specific aspects of what we do as recreational fishermen. So, you know, a guide might be giving us tips about how to troll for blackfin tuna, or we might sit, for instance, you and I could sit and talk about our experiences last week ice fishing at Lake of the Woods. And we will do that in just a couple of minutes, but I've got to take a break here. Will you stand by and come back and... Talk about Lake of the Woods and ice fishing and a few more things? Absolutely. All right. Folks, I'm talking with Sid Dobrin. He's a professor and chairman of the English Department at the University of Florida in Gainesville and a very avid fisherman, a lifelong fisherman, and we will continue this conversation in just a few minutes, so don't go away. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Professor Sid Dobrin. He is the chairman of the English Department at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Go Gators! And he's also an avid fisherman, a prolific writer, and uh, he spent a couple days with me and some other outdoor communicators sitting in heated shanties on Lake of the Woods, way up in northern Minnesota. He flew in from Florida for that and said, why on earth did you come to northern Minnesota to go ice fishing on Lake of the Woods? It's a great question. I ask myself that every day (laughs) since the trip, why I did that. The reality is I did it because... 
I've never had that kind of experience. I don't know from winter. You know, we are lucky if we even get a freeze here once a year. And so the opportunity popped up, and I wanted to have that experience. I mean, I've heard about ice fishing my entire life. I've certainly seen pictures of it. And when an opportunity comes up to try something new, you got to try something new. Absolutely. And you fished all over North America. How would you rate Riverbend Resort compared to other places you've stayed, other resorts you've fished out of? Oh, there's no doubt Riverbend Resort is just a magnificent place to stay. In fact, I really want to go back when the lake opens up because certainly given the temperatures and when we were there, it wasn't just normal cold. It was exceptionally cold. I think it was minus 28 one day. Yes, it was. That's me. Yeah, that's just baffling to me. <laughs> so I want to go back and see it when the lake is open. But, you know, it was a fantastic experience. I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that. And it is now on my list of I want to go back and ice fish again. Yeah, you caught the biggest uh, walleye, which maybe was fitting because you came the longest distance. We caught a mess of walleyes and saugers. You've caught walleyes before, I, I suspect. Have you seen saugers before that? I have not seen saugers, and frankly, to be honest, because I've already posted about this, that was actually my first walleye, too. Wow. <laughs> so there was a lot of firsts in that trip for me. Yeah, and gosh, uh, Steve Griffin caught a Cisco, or Tulaby, as they call them over there in Minnesota. That is a member of the whitefish family, common to the Great Lakes and a few deep water lakes in the upper Midwest. I'm sure you don't see them anywhere near where you live down in Florida. No, not at all. They're beautiful fish, too. Yeah, they are. Now, you've already said you would go back to Lake of the Woods. You know, that was uh, not typical cold, but it was the kind of cold that we experience up here in the north. On a calm day, it can be well below zero, and if the sun's out, it doesn't really feel that cold. And, of course, we were dressed for it outside and inside the shacks. We had to strip down to, uh, you know, take our outer uh, gear off anyway. Were you ever uncomfortable with the cold? I was not uncomfortable, and again, I'm grateful for everybody involved in providing me with the gear to keep me warm, because I certainly did not own uh, an ice suit, and the kind folks at Clam provided me with one. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. But I will say, I went outside once to fly my drone and get some aerial footage for my own media, and I had to do that with my gloves off, and my hands hurt. And when I came back into the fishing hut, I put my hands up near the heater, and everyone in the room said, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, it's going to hurt even worse. So I did learn a little bit about exposure, but yeah, I think that my hands, when I was trying to fly my drone, that was a little much for me. And your drone was able to fly at 20 below, huh? Yes, yes, and uh, one of our colleagues who was there as well, Carrie, flew hers. She yeah. got much better images than I do, but yeah, they did work. I will admit I kept my batteries in a insulated pack with hand warmers to keep them warm so they wouldn't <laughs> freeze, yep. but that was a trick I learned online. Yep, and we also tuck things into inner pockets and carry those uh, disposable hand warmers uh, in weather like that when we're outside. Well, what other impressions do you want to share as a first-timer on ice on a big lake like that? Well, I think one of the things for me is because we were fishing basically fishing inside. Yeah. We weren't out on the ice. I could see being out on the ice being a different kind of experience. One of the things that I recognized in, in looking at the various kinds of ice castles and other huts that they use, a big part of those kinds of trips 
are really dependent on the company you're with. That was a great opportunity to just, like you and I, I mean, we spent eight hours together in basically a 12 by 6 shed. Yeah. And that's a great way to, to, to build camaraderie. I could see it being very miserable if you were in a shed for eight, 12 hours with somebody you didn't like, <laughs> it not being a good experience. Yeah. But I, I was very grateful for the opportunity of the conversation, particularly because I was with you and other people who knew about this environment. So I learned a lot. A lot of the process for me while we were there was learning from you guys. And what are you going to do now with the footage that you shot from your drone? And you had a little, uh, I think it was a Sony uh, handheld movie camera that you were filming activities with. How are you going to use that material and that information? Sure. So I'm currently producing a couple of gear reviews uh, for my gear review series based on the equipment we use. For instance, we were using uh, live target lures that are actually freshwater versions of the saltwater live target flutter sardines that I use here. So I'm going to do a gear review of that, a gear review of the rods we use, gear review of the ice suit from somebody who knows nothing about ice suits. But I'm also producing a short video, um, an expedition-type video about the excursion, about what I learned there, trying to provide others like myself who have no experience about Here's what you do when you go ice fishing in one of these these great resorts like where we were. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Live Target. I just wrote about our fishing experience for Wisconsin Outdoor News, the main publication I write for. And I kept track. I, I wasn't counting the fish that we caught, but, my goodness, it was at least 90% of them came on a Live Target rattle bait tipped with a minnow, and we had a dead stick with a minnow sitting on a jig, you know, down a foot or so off bottom. But that live target bait seemed to attract most of the action. Absolutely. I was fishing with the Flutter Shad primarily, mm -hmm. which is part of their ITC series, their Inner Technology Core, or whatever it's called, and I found them to be very effective and very workable. Yeah, I saw your review of live target's shrimp that, <laughs> like so many other um, modern soft plastic baits, looks as real, maybe more real than, than the live shrimp itself. Um, at least it can be fished more aggressively than you can with a live shrimp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Live Target is known for making lifelike-looking life lures, whether it's their swim baits or their trolling baits or these sort of flutter baits that we were using, they've always got, and they're, they're shrimp, they're, they're particularly their new shrimp, really do look like live shrimp, and they move like live shrimp. And so their live target's done some great things in building that company. They certainly have. I, I was not familiar with their product, so I was really glad to uh, have a chance to use them myself. And speaking of shrimp, I digress here, but I went to grad school in Houston and fished Galveston Bay, and we would buy shrimp, live shrimp, literally, <laughs> a bucket of shrimp, and fish for reds and trout and flounder. And if we didn't catch many fish or if we had bait left over, we took the shrimp home and ate them. <laughs> That's what we did. I don't know if you do that. Absolutely. Uh, live shrimp are the number one bait we use in saltwater fishing in Florida. And yes, I mean, I could go to my freezer right now and there are bags of frozen shrimp. Frozen and dead shrimp work well, too, but live shrimp are the go-to bait here. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got a couple new books coming out. Well, not so much as coming out, but that I'm working on. Uh, you mentioned earlier my book, Fishing Gone, yep. uh, which is about conservation and recreational fishing. I'm 
currently working on a book that I'm calling 16 Fishing Stories, some of which may be true or something along that line, 16 Fishing Stories that may or may not be true. And then it'll be essays and fishing stories that you know, I'm hoping to have finished within the next couple of months. Well, good. You kind of touch on fishermen are liars, that meme, I <laughs> guess, or, you know. Absolutely. Uh, or exaggerators. Exa- yeah, all fishermen are liars except those that just stretch the truth, I guess, or something like that. That's right. Know. Yeah. That's right. Well, Sid, I'd like to have you back on when those fishing stories come out. That'd be great to talk about those and have a chance to read it and review it, because I do a book review every year for Wisconsin Outdoor News as well. I want to thank you for joining us and sharing your insights on the first time you've ever gone ice fishing up at Lake of the Woods and telling us about what you're up to there as the fishing professor. So thanks so much for joining us. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Dan. This was a great conversation. And, of course, you know, as we talked for those eight hours in the ice hut, I'm always glad and eager to talk with you. (laughs) All right. We will do it again sometime. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. Fishing professor Sid Dobrin. His podcast is a rodcast, actually. You can find a link to it on inventivefishing.com. That's his website, inventivefishing.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Winter blues bugging you? Got big muskies on your mind? We can help with that. Come to the Milwaukee Muskie Expo, February 17, 18, and 19 at Washington County Fair Park in West Bend. Talk with lure manufacturers, retailers, clubs, guides, outfitters, and lodges. Catch seminars by the country's top muskie pros. Check out the latest muskie tackle, baits, resorts, boats, and lots more. Milwaukee Muskie Expo, a family event you don't want to miss. MilwaukeeMuskieExpo.com The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out about their upcoming DUX Expo at duckexpo.com. That's duckexpo.com. And by the Wisconsin DNR Hunter Education Program. Want to go hunting? Sign up for hunter education or learn to hunt classes at dnr.wi.gov. 
And if you are looking for our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, and it doesn't happen to be airing where you live now, you can always watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And they are also airing shows on the uh, main channel, Channel 10 there on uh, Milwaukee PBS. Check the schedule for times. I believe it's still Thursday night and Saturday morning. And last year's Deer Hunt Wisconsin show and several years of Deer Hunt Wisconsin's shows are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you uh, want to go back and listen to this show or past shows that uh, you may have missed, you can do so. Uh, this radio show is uh, archived on Lakelink. Go to lake-link.com. Go to the bottom of their page, and they've got an outdoor radio tab. You click on that, and it'll take you right to our show, and uh, you can download it and take, it, take us with you wherever you go throughout your week. You can find Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors. You can find me at Hardwater Jeff. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week's giveaway, a pair of tickets to next weekend's Milwaukee Muskie Expo at Washington County Fair Park. And as I mentioned earlier, kids 16 and under get in free. So bring the whole family and enjoy the show. To enter the drawing for those free tickets, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Be sure to leave your name and number. And if you're a winner, we'll let you know early in the week so you can plan to attend the show. But make sure you get out there and check it out, even if you don't win tickets. Several items from the DNR this week. We have been talking about the candlelight events at state parks and natural areas going on through the end of this month. Details on the DNR website. Just click on the events calendar. Sturgeon spearing is underway on the Winnebago chain. Good luck to all the spears out there. I won't be doing it this year, but I know a lot of folks will, and we hope they have some good luck. They are starting prescribed burns pretty soon, so don't be surprised if you see crews out setting fire to fields and brush. They're organized. They know what they're doing. They are controlling uh, invasive brush and, and other grasses, and they're also creating good habitat, uh, improving habitat for wildlife. There have been several new CWD positives in wild deer. Jeff, there was a second one in Sheboygan County. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. Uh, also, Langlade and Wapaka County. So that will impact the baiting and feeding restrictions in adjoining counties as well as the counties where the uh, CWD deer were found. So check the regs before you put out food that deer can get at. Snowmobile fatalities are continuing to rise, and the DNR is urging snowmobilers to drive sober. I don't know how that might affect the poker runs that are pretty common up north, but whatever you're doing, just be careful out there. Have you got a favorite team in the Super Bowl, Jeff? I, I'm really struggling on this one because <laughs> I, I like both teams for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to have to go... I, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. I'm going to have to go NFC on this one. Yeah, you know, I am always uh, hoping for the NFC team to win, even when it's not the Packers. So I guess that's both of us. So go Eagles. There we go. go All right. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And you can purchase his CD, Anglin, Wayne, and the Trollers, as well. I'm Dan Small. I'm here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. On one cold leg When the loon 
cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you when my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure when the worms go dry in the coffee can honey I'll be true 